town for a week to teach classes? Yeah, I just came into uh, New York and was teaching a class on um, magic uh, in theory and practice out in Bushwick, because there's currently a, yet another occult revival on right now. And Bushwick would be the place where something like that would happen. Bushwick would be the place where that's happening. There's a store called Catland and then a place called Body Actualized Center, which is a, a yoga center just down the road from there. And the kids love it. They're going crazy for the, the magic. So as reported in Newsweek a couple months ago, Newsweek was commenting on this. This is so. actually, I mean, this is actually a thing. It's actually, it's in vogue right now. Apparently so. I mean, Newsweek did this article called Hexting and Texting. Jeez. I know, right? Uh, which was about apparently how uh, the millennials, they love the occult. And, uh, uh, and not just new agey stuff, but, but more, more serious stuff, uh, which of course is uh, of huge interest to me because I was writing about that uh, in Generation Hex, which was my book that came out in 2005. Um, and I was kind of like saying there's going to be this huge, you know, magical and occult revival among young people because I just think it's it's an inevitable reaction to the kind of alienation that our the modern world foists on people mm-hmm. that there's this kind of backlash of people wanting to find out you know there's got to be more than just you know corporate uh objectification of people so it's so so you you get to a point and it's either it's either organized religion or or the occult or those these are the two directions you could go in no i don't think so i think that um you know, I mean, the history of humanity is people is the history of people looking outside themselves for yep. a solution, and um, that could be you know in the past it's been organized religion. It could also be you know, it could be anything. It could be a corporate structure. It could be you know find you know becoming obsessed with science, becoming obsessed with economics, uh, looking for structures outside of yourself that will provide structure and well, structure and meaning to your life. Um, but I think we've reached a point as a culture where that's not people are not satisfied with that anymore especially since you know the internet has shown has connected us all and shown us the corrupted kind of underbelly of all the old structures of the world and they're kind of like falling apart in a way so people are looking for something more maybe a technology to get at uh what's inside them you know the meaning that's you know bring out bring out their own individual importance and their own individual sense of a deeper connection with reality is is but is this search? I mean, is is it a search for like a, a a greater force in the way you know in the way I don't want to, I want to say God as as it would be an organized religion, but it it sounds like it's similar to that, right? Yeah, um, I think I think it's the thing about it is it's it's eclectic and creative and it's different for every person and there's so much. But there are but there are there are underlying rules that most people accept, or is, mm. is this person to person? There's some, I mean, if you're going and if you're teaching a class on magic, there must be something that you're drawing upon, some, some, something, something similar to, to scripture for, you know, for the occult. Well, when I teach, I'll, I'll just talk about, you know, my, my view on it. When I teach, um, or, you know, I've been teaching, I started teaching in L.A. and I've been teaching here, the way that I approach it is um, I'm not interested in dogma or, mm. you know, cultism or guru worship or... You know, like a lot of like the woo stuff that comes out of the new age, you know, because there's so much nonsense. And, um, you know, I'm I'm at least interested in just giving people tools to kind of access their own Mm -hmm. sense of, uh, you know, personal power, for lack of a better word, but also uh, connection to something great. Yeah, I guess you could. 
Well, God is just a a word, right? You know, it doesn't really mean anything. Sure, but it's a you know we've there's a there, we've all got some some concept of what that means. It's some, sure. some something that something that I guess kind of organized what's around us. Yeah, I mean, like a a, a greater organizing principle or a a greater you know, especially people who are connected with magical or new age. Um, circles will talk maybe more like they'll say, you know, my connection to the universe, my connection to yeah. the cosmos, my connection to all life, my sense of compassion and love for all other beings. So there's a sense of, of holism that, you know, maybe could was more traditionally glyphed as the word God, right? But but people don't like to use that word anymore because they don't want to impose their beliefs on other people, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, you, you, uh, you, you had said before, um, you'd, you'd used the word new agey, and mm-hmm. you had mentioned that one of these two classes that you were teaching was in a yoga studio. Um, it seemed it seemed like you were saying you were saying new new age in kind of a in kind of a dismissive way um a little bit yeah i'm not gonna <laughs> you know and we're, and i assume we're talking about like crystals and yeah and all that stuff is great but i mean like we've seen since starting with the you know really starting with the the founding of the theosophical movement in the end of the 19th century but definitely in the 60s and you know, there were huge eruptions of, of this type of thing in Western society, especially after World War II, and then definitely in the 60s and 70s. And then it just, like everything else, it became commodified. So it became mm-hmm. like crystals, the secret, yeah. all of that type of stuff. And that I have really have, you know, if people get something out of it, that's great. But I think there's a real longing for something more authentic than but, that. But we, but, but, you know, surely if, if Newsweek is writing stories about this and they've got very clever, clever headlines and it's, it's something that's in vogue, um, it, it can't, you know, like anything else in this world, it can't be too far from being commoditized, right? Well, I don't know because, I mean, all I can really do is, you know, I'm in the, the kids now are, I mean, I'm 32, I just turned 32, so, um, you know, the kids who are 21, 22 now, um, are kind of they're going through this on their own, and they're in the position that I was. So I don't necessarily want to say um, I don't necessarily want to predict what's going to happen with this current movement. All I can really do is offer, you know, my the things I learned and mm-hmm. my you know hard earned lessons from that period in my life, uh, and hopefully provide maybe a little bit of a positive guiding force. But um, yeah, of course. I mean, everything is going to be commodified eventually. I mean, like the whole witch house thing happened. I don't know if you were cognizant mm-hmm. of that. There was this whole, I don't even know what I want to, it was this kind of like, like pseudo industrial pseudo rave mm. music. It was very big in LA. Like oh yeah, 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 yeah. And there was like, people were very into like just putting like, you know, yeah. basically like people all were dressing like Lee Bowery in the nineties, yeah. but also putting all these like occult symbols on themselves, like triangles and upside down crosses. And it was yeah. just like crazy. And for me, this was like fascinating because I'd essentially like lost interest in, in magic and the occult at that point and then all of a sudden basically what i was writing about in generation hex which is there's going to be this whole new generation of kids that are going to make this their whole way of life essentially then it it happened i don't know how deep that goes but it was a huge thing for a while are you it's but it sounds like you're you're back to that a little bit well yeah a bit i mean because it's it's part of me and it's part of you know it's been part of my my passage through life so far and um but uh you know for me personally i'm much more interested in in not all the external trappings but you know just the the 
you know, the real stuff and the real stuff is just, you know, doing work on yourself, observing your own personal patterns, you know, your own deficiencies, your own lacks, where you get it right, where you get it wrong and, and developing yourself as a healthy and whole human being. I mean, it, you could, it sounds like you, you could be describing any, any number of, of, well, of, yeah. of you know, of, of courses of action. Absolutely. Right. And that's part of the thing about this whole, you know, you were asking earlier, are, are you drawing from scripture? Are you drawing from something specific? And no, people are very, very eclectic. And like you're just saying, you're saying you could be drawing from anything. Yeah. People who are interested in, in, you know, magical, occult, new age, spiritual things, there's de- a very, very eclectic approach right now. And part of the reason that is, is because there's so many tools available now for the first time in history. I mean, in New York, for instance, uh, and in LA to some extent as well. In New York, you can run around every night of the week. You can be doing something else. You can be going to study with Tibetan Buddhists. You can go to a yoga studio. You can go to do Sufi dancing. You, so, you know, so, so people so, are very eclectic. So, let, well, let me let me let me stop you there, then. You know, because I'm I, I was I was going to ask, and I think this really touches on that. I was going to ask you how how you're defining magic and how you're defining the occult, especially since you know. You know, yoga is is, a, is an Indian practice. You mentioned Buddhism. You mentioned Sufism, which are which are religions. Well, yes and no. Um, there are within those traditions there are external, you know, within there are external forms of codified religion, like Buddhism, for example. The external uh, forms of Buddhism are much more religious, but then. Um, within the inner circles, which are more and more open to Westerners, it becomes much more like an experimental magical practice mm-hmm. where, where, you know, within the tantric inner circles of Buddhism, for instance, or Sufism is really the esoteric practice at the heart of Islam, mm. just as Ka- uh, Kabbalah is the esoteric practice at the heart of Judaism. Mm-hmm. So um, people are becoming more and more interested within those, uh, with those esoteric forms because... Uh, more and more organized religion is perhaps not offering, um, is not fulfilling people's needs. Are you, are you, it sounds like you're using it pretty interchangeably with just like the concept of spirituality, but there, there's something, there's gotta be, there's something here that's setting it apart. It's, it's just, um, it, it's just how obscure some of the, the practices are. Well, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, I think that what sets, I mean, magic is is a, a terrible word in a way because it's so you know it's it's so um, cheesy and yeah. chilly and that's so why on you and put so a forth. K at the end, right? To make it even more cheesy, right? Because you know <laughs> we're just cheesy for to... different reasons, right? <laughs> but um, I think that what separates these practices out are an experimental approach. I think uh, and um, an approach to here's what it is, right? Religion says this is this is what we believe and this is what you believe to lead a good life. This is an, ex- this is an external moral structure to follow to this is, that is essentially received handed down wisdom mm-hmm. and is also a, you know, a way of holding social cohesion among large groups of people. The esoteric stuff is more like, okay, what are the actual practices that I follow to get that revelation? You know, what, you know, for instance, what are the, the yogic techniques or the breathing techniques or the shamanic techniques to have a direct experience of spirit instead of just following an external protocol. So, so you know, I, uh, speaking in tongues or you know these like snake handlers. I mean, that almost that 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 could almost potentially fit in this this larger definition you've created. It's a very large definition. I mean, to make to make a very specific definition, um, to go, you know, Alistair Crowley said magic is the art and science of causing. I'm going to get this wrong, but it's the art and science of 
causing change in conformity with will, mm-hmm. right? Which is a bit of a misnomer. Dion Fortune, who was a, um, a contemporary of Crowley, was a female um, teacher who is also the person who brought tofu to the West, uh, oh. among other things. Yeah. Um, she said that magic is the art and science of changing, co- excuse me, the art and science of causing change in consciousness mm-hmm. in conformity with will. So it's really what it is, is a, a set of techniques for altering your own, uh, your own consciousness. And in theory, to make yourself a, um, you know, to explore oneself, to explore reality, to explore one's potentials in life in a, in a way that is perhaps broader than what has been handed to you by uh, your past or by society. And that's, you know, obviously something that speaks to people on a very deep level because we live in such an uncertain and chaotic and confusing time. So it's, it, it seems to be under this, uh, under this definition that, that chemistry starts to play a role too. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that, um, well, what kind of chemistry are we talking about? You know here? what kind of chemistry I'm talking about. Well, <laughs> originally, I was going to say, you know, a lot of the big magical teachers started out as chemists. <laughs> a lot like politicians, you know, Margaret Thatcher sure. started out as a chemist. Or Crowley Walter White. Well. Well, yeah, Walter yeah. White, you know. Um, yes, that has obviously been a, a big part of it. Aleister Crowley was a huge experimenter with um, certain chemicals, Timothy Leary. Um, and in the course uh, on Saturday, I was urging people to not do that because... Mm-hmm essentially it's the fast road you know in 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 india it's called the left hand you know it's one of the things that's called the left hand path um it uh you know as people enter these techniques there's a lot of potential for imbalancing the personality because essentially what happens is the repressed contents you know to use psychological language when you start working on yourself Mm -hmm. really hard like that um and delving into the world of the unconscious and dreams and signs and symbols and omens and that type of thing the con- the contents of the unconscious become more and more conscious and kind of erupt mm. into conscious so you, consciousness. you need you need training before you do that i mean you need, ideally, you need to know what you're going to be encountering ideally or at least you know at least therapy is a good way to start you know israel regardi mm. said that people should have at least a year of therapy before they start doing magic that's probably the best most accessible way for people to do that in the in the modern world um but, uh, yeah, it's, well, I was telling people it's good to go slow. It's good not to push yourself because the tendency of people is to just, you know, they want to do everything all at once. Yeah. They take the spiritual supermarket especially approach, year olds. especially 21 year olds. They want to, you know, it's, it's, it can be used as an excuse to do huge amounts of sex and mm-hmm. drugs and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but, um, what I was telling people is for every expansion of consciousness, there's an equal contraction. Because that's kind of the the um, hmm. the nature of, of human energy or the human energetic economy. You push something out of your brain. <laughs> well, if you expand, I mean, if you expand yourself with these techniques, you, you contract. So if you expand really, really fast, you will contract really, really fast, hmm. and uh, you want to avoid doing that because then, if you do that too much, you can you can crash your system. Hey everybody, uh, sorry for the uh, brief interruption, just wanted to let you know that this episode of RIYL is brought to you by Squarespace, the uh, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio, and uh, right now you can get a free uh, trial and 10% off, all you have to do is go to squarespace.com and enter the offer code RIYL, which also um, happens to be the, uh, the, the, the podcast you're listening to right now, it's 
what I call sweet, sweet serendipity. Um, they, there are uh, there are over 70 Squarespace employees on the customer care team. They're actually based right here in New York City. Uh, and the office apparently has been nicknamed the, the Care Bear Lair. Um, so that's uh, squarespace.com. Uh, you can build a beautiful website. You can get a free trial. You can get 10% off. All of the above. All you have to do is go to squarespace.com and use our coupon code. That's R-I-Y-L. When you said earlier that, um, I don't know, what, one, of the, one of the things that you were bringing to the table is um, your mistakes, your, you know, the yeah. mistakes that you made in, in, yeah. in your, your, your pursuit. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm assuming... I'm assuming. I mean, it sounds like drugs were probably part of that. Well, I don't want to get too into specifics sure. about that, but um, I think I would just bring that back to what I said, which is, which is, when you the when you expand, you contract, and it's best to do it slowly. It's best to do it in a in a measured way. And, um, the other thing is ego expansion, you know, because the ego, when you, when you expand your consciousness, uh, uh, especially in this culture, um, we don't have spiritual training in this culture, right? We have some, but, but not in the same way as for instance, if you were raised in a yoga tradition in India, or if you were raised in a Buddhist monastery, you would have training in dealing with Mm -hmm. these things. So the first tendency of a lot of people is to think that they're special, (laughs) right? Like they, you know, Crowley said, when you do certain experiments, certain results will follow. However, you are most earnestly warned against attributing any objective reality to them. Mm. Right? So what, what really happens is people get, they expand their consciousness, they expand their ego, and then they decide that they have some type of special power or mm. special something that, you know, they're above other people or they have some type of ability that other people have. And it's really not like that. It's what, what's happening is you're, you're simply altering your frame of reference for reality. So, um, and that's a mistake that, you know, I think a lot of people make when they yeah. go through it, which is they, they, they attach, they become attached to their results too much. They become attached and they lose their center. They lose their, their grounding within their, within themselves. I was just reading a book, actually just on this trip, I was reading a book called Shadows on the Path by a guy named Abdi something, uh, he's a You're looking at me, like Persian a, guy. I don't know. Idea. The book is called yeah. Shadows on the Path, and basically, it, this is a guy who's been involved in all these things and and work and martial arts, uh, self work, therapy, um, uh, magical technique, shamanism, sweat, uh, Indian sweat lodges, that type of mm-hmm. thing for 20 years, and is an energetic healer and works as a therapist. And he makes a really clear distinction there, where he says that as you become involved in spirituality, you can become more and more, I mean, for lack of a better word, this is a bit grandiose, but for lack of a better word, you become, you know, more and more spiritually aware, more spiritually awake, more enlightened, if we want to use that Mm -hmm. word, that's a terrible word to use, but, but, um, but he says that that doesn't heal you, that doesn't fix your personality, that doesn't change who you are, it just changes your focus on reality. You can be enlightened and still be a dick. You can be enlightened and still be a dick, and in fact, you can, you, often people turn into way more of dicks, because, you know, it's, it's, you know, that's what happens, so, um, he makes it, makes it very clear that, um, and especially with, with drugs, you know, he, he makes it very clear that those two, forms of work need to go hand in hand. You know, you do the, the pure spiritual work, but then you also have to take out the, you have to deal with the personality on its own terms and take out the, you know, 
uh, integrate your shadow and take out the the garbage of your own unhealed wounds from the past or your own disintegrated personality because just just developing a meditation practice becoming a master of yoga becoming a master of martial arts is not going to change who you are hmm. right it, it it i'm sure it will to some degree right well yeah but it, it also will not it will not directly it will not do the work of of yeah. healing the personality yeah um i <laughs> i'm wondering if you you know if you look at somebody like alistair crowley and and I mean, it's, 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 he seems like he's kind of a cautionary tale. Is that, is that unfair? I mean, you know, he, um, did he go, did, did he, did he get too, did he go too deep as they say in the undercover cop movies? Is <laughs> <laughs> a rogue cannon. Yeah. Loose cannon. Um, no, I don't think that's unfair at all, but I, the way that I look at that is, uh, Crowley's one of the things that, one of the things that he was trying to do to be generous is, wean people off of the idea of external messiahs hmm. right and say he was providing techniques and saying you know do he it for yourself he didn't view himself as a messiah well yeah he did yeah right um one of the things with crowley is the nastiness of his personality is part if you if you're smart you know if you take a mature view on it mm-hmm. which most people who get into crowley do not um that's part of the teaching because you know crowley referred to himself as the beast mm-hmm. you know they um and uh, he was a very, you know, he was a nasty piece of work. He could be very cruel to people. Yeah. He had serious addiction issues, so on and so forth. At the same time, his work is incredible. And, and um, you know, the, the depth of intellectual rigor and scholarship and practice is uh, incredible, right? But we could say that about any of, you know, any of the, guru, you know, the big spiritual gurus that popped up in the, in the 20th century. I mean, Timothy Leary, um, you know, the beats, even, you know, L. Ron Hubbard, somebody like that, mm-hmm. you know, it's like with Crowley, it's a little bit more honest in a way because he's really throwing the filth of his personality out there. I mean, yeah. he published diaries of, you know, him withdrawing from heroin where he's perfectly recording, you know, bouts of diarrhea and all of this stuff. And, and, um, you know, in a way it's kind of, it's kind of, cool that it was that way in a way because it shows you in theory if you approach it maturely the point is you know take the tools don't emulate the you know take the message don't emulate the messenger it's just it just seems like um with a lot of these with a lot of these sort of self-styled messiahs that nihilism is such a big part of it that that you know that selfishness is is a big part of it I, i don't know how much you know that like um, the the Church of Satan leaks into there. I know it seems like there's a fair amount of, amount of overlap, and it wasn't that kind of Levee's whole trip. Yeah, but I don't really take the Church of Satan seriously at all. So um, I don't really Levee. I mean, at the same time, they did a lot to you know. I'm not interested in Satanism mm-hmm. as a philosophy. I think it's very shallow. It doesn't speak to me at all. But, it's purposely uh, shallow, right? Yeah, and I don't really like the whole carny vibe. You know, it's just not my <laughs> personal thing. And the whole personal power thing is not interesting to me. I think that, um, you know, the real serious spiritual traditions are based on a sense of um, compassion and service um, to wider humanity Mm. and and love for all sentient and insentient life. And the real spiritual traditions are a process of, of, um, they all have methods of disintegrating the personal ego, disintegrating the sense of personal power and... um, you know, it's really, it becomes a process of letting go and dying in a way, instead of building yourself up mm. into some kind of, uh, you know, comical figure like that. Mm. Um, 
but um, what was uh, I lost the thread? No, I, th- I, th- I, th- I think I think that <laughs> it was just the question of of nihilism as it pertains to yeah um, that, that specifically, and and I think I think Crowley is probably a pretty good example of that as well. There's definitely an edge of that to him, but for him, when you read his stuff, I mean, he was he was very interested in you know. A lot, you know, uniting himself with both the light and the dark mm. in a way, and embracing both simultaneously. Now, whether he did that in a healthy way is yeah. another question. But for instance, in psychotherapy, you know, in Jungian therapy, you know, integrating the shadow, integrating the dark side of one person, the dark sides of one's personality, and owning them is a big deal. It's very important because otherwise they become repressed and then they erupt in an uncontrolled fashion. You know, and you see that with people who are really white lighty who are in the new age movement mm-hmm. and are trying so hard to just be perfect. You know, or you see it in the reli- you know, in Christian, you know, the big religions, yeah. you know, where people yeah. try to be perfect, they try to be essentially one-sided, one-dimensional and then the dark side just erupts in uncontrollable fashion. So it's much healthier I, in theory it's much healthier to own one's own uh, dark side, I think, you know. Uh, as 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 I think Crowley said, you take the good, you take them bad. You take them both, and there you have. That, yes, exactly. Facts of life. <laughs> and uh, one more one more sponsorship note. Uh, since uh, Valentine's Day is coming up this week, we are sponsored by Sherry's Berries. Uh, they want to know what the worst Valentine's Day gift you have ever received is. Um, if you've gotten one for me at one point, there's a pretty good chance that that, uh, that, that is on your list somewhere. But you don't have to make the same mistake as me. You can go to uh, Sherry Berry's website, uh, get some uh, giant chocolate white chocolate dark chocolate milk chocolate covered uh covered strawberries um starting at uh, 1999 that's uh, 40% savings over the normal rate um you can also get uh, double the berries if you order uh, uh it's just 10 dollars more you get uh, double the berries um all you have to do is go to their website enter the uh the like code when when you order um you go to you go to berries.com that's b e r r i e s you click the microphone there's a microphone in the top right corner uh, you type in the word like, L-I-K-E, and uh, then that's it. You've got all the deals, and you've got a very happy uh, very happy mate on Valentine's Day. Um, everybody, everybody's happy. Uh, Sherry's Berries, it's uh, berries.com. Go to the website, click the microphone, type in like, and you're good to go. Actually, on 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 to Leary, and this is something mm-hmm. I've been thinking about um, a bit lately. I've, I've I've got a book over there I want to show you that we picked. I, I picked up when I was over in Powell's, but you know his his last trip was obviously all technology based. I mean, right. his, he, he he was he was on this whole thing about the internet kind of being the the savior of of, of humanity, and I, and I'm wondering, you know, especially. Um, as you're you're going out there and 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 you know encountering people who are just discovering this, you know people who are growing up on Snapchat. I'm wondering yeah, what yeah, what, yeah. what effects what effects technology are, is is having on them. Other than I mean, you know, the obvious is that it's just it, the positive is that it's getting the word out, and that yeah. you can find information yeah, yeah, on anything yeah. you want. Well, you can find information on anything you want, but it's only like three centimeters deep in a yeah. way, and some of it's true. And yeah, some like three percent of yeah. it is true, right? So um, there's a lot of positive things. I mean, like for instance, in the in the 
in the 90s you know and like up in the in the last 20 years that you know as we all know everyone was all excited about this whole 2012 idea mm-hmm. like oh my god we're all going to become one and all connected and this yeah. one being and all this well it, well that i mean if, if, you know take a step back that's 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 one you know that's that's one idea but that that certainly wasn't the popular one that was that was put out there I mean, oh you mean that people were more apocalyptic yeah and, well and yeah then it became hijacked but that was yeah. the original life you go back to terrence mckenna yeah. and and the other people were talking about it. that's what they were saying and it kind of happened Grant in morrison and yeah exactly right <laughs> And it wasn't dramatic, and it wasn't what we expected. I mean, it manifested as Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram mm-hmm. and social media, I think, and the cell phones and the fact that we really are constantly interconnected now. And uh, you know, the, the new, you know, theosophists were talking about the 19th century. Buddhism talks about the interconnectedness of all life, and now we're demonstrating that with technology. And I think that's really good because we're all living with each other and we're seeing a broader we're not as isolated anymore and yet we're more isolated yeah. because yeah. we're lost in our in our technology and we've lost contact with the physical realm and and uh you know even you know being in touch and having to deal with other people on a one-to-one basis so that's a positive and negative i think that um in terms of how it's affecting the kids now i mean i think that it allows a lot of people to be very superficially and shallowly into into these things. And my hope is that out of that, you know, in the same way that if you're running a website and 0.25% of the people are going to click on the ads, mm-hmm. I think that in the same way, if the huge pe- number of people are superficially into this, then maybe a few will become more, more serious about it. Yeah. So that's all I can hope for. Uh, would you anticipate, though, you know, if, if, if somebody... If somebody does really, really get into this and really does does follow the path on on you know something more than a superficial level, are they are they ultimately going to embrace technology more? Or are they going to reject it? Well, I think that well for me, right? I mean, people have an people have this idea of spirituality as re, as rejecting things. You know, yeah. they're like, they're like for instance, yeah, we're going to reject we're going to reject materialism. Yeah. I'm going to reject technology. I'm going to reject eating meat. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is, and that and in a way, that's kind of a process of those things can be good, but in a way, that can kind of be a process of running away from reality and running away from oneself. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm much you know, for me, I'm much more interested in in fully embracing what's right in front of our faces. Yeah, yeah, um, and we, we were talking a, a little little bit earlier uh, before before we, we turn on the microphones about um, about uh, about Monsanto and about these these yeah. other these other broader topics that you're interested in. I'm wondering if 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 those if you see those as as um, your interest in them and and you know and your um, your your drive to to get the word out as as being. Um, directly related to uh, you know again this idea of um turning outwards and and trying trying to you know for lack of a better phrase make the world a better place right well that's just my own personal kind of aesthetic preference in a way but um i really do think that you know as you it, it, when you become involved in spirituality and you become involved in um meditation for instance or you know even prayer things like that you you do become much more you develop in, you know, if you're doing it right, I think you develop a sense of connection with with other beings and a sense of of um, concern for the big picture. Mm. You know, that's really one of the best gifts of these things. Um, and so, for me, I can't help but look around and say, you know, like things things like 
And also, I like to talk about those things because when you're talking about magic and the occult, you do have a bit of a limited audience. Mm -hmm. And I would like to connect with more people. So um, I'm talking about these things because I think, well, I think they're just, they're, they're what's happening right now. They're really critical. Things like the Monsanto Protection Act, which has now been thrown out, but the, you know, Monsanto patenting all these things and really trying to take control all life on the planet or the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which they're trying to pass through right now, which is essentially NAFTA for the whole world and will allow um, uh, corporations to rule the planet. You know, it's going to allow the, it will allow, you know, WikiLeaks um, about a week ago just released more documents from it. They're keeping it really secret. Um, but, you know, we're, sh we're shifting towards corporate dominance of the whole planet. And this document will allow, or this trade agreement, excuse me, this trade agreement will allow corporations to sue private uh, will to sue governments over laws mm. it will allow allow them to hold for instance copyright on pharmaceuticals forever so that for instance if pfizer creates a drug that, cu that cures cancer like they patents. can charge yeah patents it, exactly yeah. right then they can uh, charge as much as they want for it yeah. and not release it in the third world maybe um it, it's interesting though that you you said that the reason why you're discussing these things is is because it's something that more people more people will listen to. You're, well, you're just trying to get a wider audience for. Well, okay, maybe that that sounds a bit. Maybe that comes off quite a little bit wrong, but I think that um, you know, very, yeah, spiritual. Uh, let me just put it this way: very few people are are interested in spirituality. Yeah. But people who are interested in spirituality, um, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. I, okay. I. I, I, I it's, you know, I, I guess it's just because spirituality is such a broad thing, right? I, I don't know if I don't know if it's fair to say that most people aren't interested. Okay. But but okay, it's it, it's certainly fair to, fair to say that the terms that you're speaking about it in and and the, and the varieties that you're 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 speaking of and the, the sources and these other things are are right. Don't have broad appeal. I mean, that's that's a pretty safe statement, right? Well, in the same way that you know, people think that that. Um, nobody's interested in things like Monsanto or mm -hmm. nobody's interested in things like the Trans-Pacific Partnership. But I don't think that's true at all. I mean, I yep. was able to get into the, the top of Reddit with an article of, mm -hmm. on Monsanto. So um, I think that people are just not being informed about it and people are not taking a chance on writing about that information out of either they don't know about it or they have just become complacent in kind of link bait strategies to get traffic. Yeah. Um, but there, maybe, I mean, maybe you're right. I mean, I think that maybe we shouldn't short sell the mass interest in these things. Yeah. But for me, I mean, I can't help but few, you know, just, just, it, I, we're really just talking about my own personal interests here and, you know, the website I'm running, which is ultraculture.org. I mean, I write about uh, spirituality these type of things, even like health food, things like mm -hmm. that. So I'm really interested in anything that can help evolve, evolve us out of this mess we're in, which is the common denominator of all these things. And I can't help but feel, but feel angry about these things. So yeah, it's, it's gotta, it's gotta be hard to writing about health food and not uh, falling into the, the new age trappings, right? I mean, I don't think that's true because yeah. I think that there's a huge interest in it now. And as people become more aware of, uh, things like Monsanto and people become more aware of how tampered are tampered with our food and our environment mm -hmm. is. I mean, like I wrote a thing on vice like a month ago that, that um, there was a, a scientist in Japan came out and said the atmosphere we're breathing is now more carcinogenic than sec or as, or more carcinogenic than secondhand smoke. Mm -hmm. 
It's just we're in a mess right now. Yeah. It's, a, it's a mess. Nobody's at the helm except these corporations, and nobody's at the helm of these corporations because the corporations... So we're, we're, we need direct action to... Um, we need direct... Let me put it this way. We need direct awareness about these things. People need to be more aware, in my opinion. People need to be more aware of what's going on in the world, and part of that is becoming more aware of themselves, and that's where spirituality comes in. I mean, I, I do I do appreciate that you haven't become hopeless. You know, they, I, no. you, you do seem to think that there is some possibility that, that things could get better. It's really, it's really easy to take, to take the other tact, and I think we've all probably been there at some point, and oh, certainly... Yeah. And certainly now, you know, certainly now that we're, you know, living in, in an age of, of always on information, it's a, it's, it's really tiring to be, um, outraged all the time. And, and B it's kind of hard to know what to be outraged about at any one yeah. time. Well, people very consciously manipulate outrage as well. I mean, there was, uh, there was also, an, there was a, there was an article, I think also on vice a while back where they figured out that somebody somebody or other something tank figured out that rage is the most viral emotion hmm. so i think that people i mean all like just all day on facebook people hit that button you know and it'll just be about you know like social issues it'd be about anything you know so yeah you're totally that's totally right and people get they get fatigued about that yeah. but at the same time there are serious issues big issues that people should be outraged about that ironically are not getting that much coverage like the things we've mentioned yeah, I mean, you know, Monsanto certainly certainly been out there. Um, we, we, we've, I, I think, I think everybody's kind of moved past it at this point, at least in terms of like mainstream mainstream media coverage. And how how do you how do you pick something? How do you how do you pick something to be outraged about? How do you pick something to spend your time and your energy focused on? Anything anything that involves these big scale trade agreements. Anything that involves the whole world, essentially, I mean, and these are crucial issues, are food becoming toxic? You know, Nestle wants to privatize water. Mm-hmm. What's that about? You know, the head of Nestle came out and said that water is not a human right, you know, um, or the, the, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. These things will affect everyone on the planet, and they will f- affect the future. You know, if corporations can sue private governments, that'll change world history. That'll change everything. So that's what I, what I'm, you know, big picture stuff is what I'm most interested mm-hmm. in. But, um, but not in. I mean, I am hopeful. Uh, like yeah. you said, I mean, I think that at, at the same time, these really awful things are happening, and it's becoming more and more of this dystopian kind of William Gibson nightmare. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there are very um, hopeful things happening. One of the things I like to talk about is graphene, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you know yeah, too of much course. about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so for I guess for for anyone who hasn't um, seen it, hopefully most boing boing boing. Yeah, we guess right. But for the for the few people who yeah. haven't seen it, graphene is a one atom thick material, which is stronger than diamond. And how that's possible, I have no freaking idea. But um, it it's malleable. You can wrap it around yourself. You can make clothing out of it. You can have screens on it. It also can be used for solar panels. And not only that, it can also desalinate seawater. So this one tech and it can make really cool smartphones and can make really cool smartphones, yeah. right? <laughs> and can run Spotify. Yeah. Um, but um, this one technology has the potential of, of uh, if it really is as good as they're saying it is, and it can be mass produced, it has the potential to solve um, energy and water issues in one fell swoop, which would be amazing. So that's one, that's one big thing on the horizon. It is. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting that, um, 
you know, we, we, we tend, we, we tend to think of science as being, as being a, a, a cure for, for what ails us and, and the problems of the world. But, um, you know, we're, and then, and then we look at something like Monsanto, <laughs> right. you know, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely both, both ends of the spectrum now. Right. Well, it's not just the tech. I mean, it's not just the technology, it's how it's used and the intent sure. behind it. So, yeah, but the technology is there to be, to be abused. Yeah. And it's scary when, uh, it's scary when there's not a whole lot of regulation on these things. Yeah. So cool. What, what should, uh, what should people go out and do tomorrow to, to fix the world? <laughs> what, what, what? <laughs> Well, you should go to Ultra Culture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Ultra, uh, dot org. HTTP. At the beginning. Is there real? I mean, if I, if I go if I go to your website, is it going to give me marching orders? No. No, no, no. I, I'm just providing yeah. uh, information, hopefully. But, uh, no, I think that... Well, that's a good question. Let's see. Um because you know you, I, I think you've got a pretty good sense of what what you can do, which is you know you've got you've got a platform and you can speak to people about it. Um, yeah, that, that's you, a good thing about the whole blogging rev- and, and self publishing revolution is anyone can have that. Yeah, but but you know, and 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 you mentioned uh, graphene, you know, or, or you know, and, and obviously there's a lot of really great things being done in developing nations, um, you know, as, as being a potential solution. But again, that's not something graphene isn't something that average people have, have a grasp on and are able to affect. And, and when, when things are, are so fucked up that, you know, that high up, um, you know, as you, as you said earlier, that corporations are more or less kind of running themselves right now. I mean, that's, you know, again, it's, it's, it's really easy to get hopeless. So I think you just said it right there. I think the most important thing is to not become hopeless, Mm -hmm. you know, and I I think that, you know, for me, just the process of looking after yourself and, you know, striving to become more conscious, striving to become more, um, to have a, a a better footprint in the world, Mm -hmm. you know, taking care of, you know, even things as simple as like exercising, eating right, starting a meditation practice is a huge one. You know, there's one thing that people, I think people should do. It's start a, medita- a daily meditation mm. practice, whether it's five or 10 minutes, even that. Um, and, um, why, let, let, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, okay. why, why is that? And, and you had, you had, I, I kind of wanted to circle around to this. I'm, I'm glad I got the opportunity. You, you had said that people were banning, uh, uh, around the word, um, uh, I guess it was, I think it was enlightenment earlier, which, which, mm. you know, is theoretically is, you know, this Zen state is what people are, are striving towards. Right. Um, and it sounds grandiose and it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's hard to say what that actually means. Is it, so. but it, you, you just, you just take issue with, with the, the word. Well, what I, no, I don't take issue with it. I think that, um, I think it, it's important to remember though, that, that it's, everything is a process and everything is a process of change. And it's when people decide there's one end state that they have to go to get to, mm-hmm. that's when they tend to push themselves way too hard. Which when it is turns we into a about. video game, it turns into a video game. Yeah. It turns into a race. It becomes, I mean, you see this with yoga too, you know, where yeah. it's like people are trying to outdo each other and see who can be the most Russell Brandy of them all. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's not what it's about. It's about doing work on yourself and that's a slow and tiring and not particularly glamorous process. Yeah. Um, but uh, the good thing about meditation is, especially in an over-mediated, over-interneted, Miley Cyrus wrecking ball world, mm-hmm. is that it allows us to realize that what, you know, this is cheesy, but it allows us to 
realize that not everything, but most of what we need is within ourselves and our own connection to ourselves. And the more you meditate, the less you're able to be pushed around by advertising, marketing, the more that, the less that Hmm. like articles on Facebook can manipulate you into becoming totally outraged for five minutes. Um, and that's what people need right now because there's so much, it's the antidote to information overload. And the more people do that, the more they become grounded within themselves and less easy to manipulate. I mean, is, is, you know, is, is it, is, is put the phone down every once in a while? Is that, is that part of the solution? It's probably a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, pick up the internal phone. Yeah. As, as, as soon as you're done listening to, to this podcast. Yes. Um, yes, absolutely. There you go. That was, uh, Jason Louf. Uh, thanks so much to Jason for, uh, for joining us for that one. Jason was actually in town, uh, here in New York city for about a week, uh, celebrating his birthday and also, uh, uh, hosting a class in, uh, Brooklyn, uh, ruling your reality, a step-by-step workshop on chaos magic for individuals and groups. It's the name of the class. Uh, I don't know why I'm actually telling you the name of the class right now, because if you, you missed it and you're listening to this podcast right now, then, um, it's, it's done. Sorry, guys. It's, it's over. But I don't know. Maybe if you go to ultraculture.org and email Jason, he can, he can swing by your town and uh, host class over there. Um, thanks so much to Jason. Uh, as I mentioned in the blog post, uh, only one of two people in the world to uh, live with me on, on both coasts. So obviously a man of, uh, of, of many accomplishments. Uh, thanks to Jason for joining us. Thanks, uh, oh, thanks to Brian, as always, for editing podcasts together. I want to thank Mark and everybody else at the Boing Boing Podcast Network. So many great podcasts over there. Um, you, you can seriously just listen to the Boing Boing Podcast Network and you'd be pretty much be good to go on uh, podcasts for uh, ever really um thanks uh thanks to to squarespace and to to sherry's berries for sponsoring the show you should definitely support those businesses and, and bring a little a little money into the site uh if you like what you heard send us an email it's riylcast at gmail.com we've got a tumblr you can follow along there uh everything gets actually gets posted there a little bit earlier than boing boing so if you want want to be you know in on on the secrets before everybody else you can go to riylcast.tumblr.com follow along there uh, go to iTunes you can download us on iTunes rate us on iTunes uh, actually I should also note that uh, for the first time I think ever actually every single episode is finally up on iTunes there's a little bit of a back end issue there but you, you can now download every single one of the 39 episodes of RYL over on iTunes uh, so uh, yeah I'm what I don't know what you're waiting for it's, get started right now because you've got you've got a lot of work ahead of you uh we'll catch you next week um with another episode of rfl oh uh super duper looking forward to this one got an interview with uh rodney anonymous from from the dead milkman one that i did while i was uh i was out in philadelphia uh so lots of good stuff coming up so uh so i would say stick around but you know give it a week or so we'll we'll, uh, we'll be back